I'm Sarah Lippman. Welcome to Torati Mecha Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we will be learning Divrei Hayamim Chronicles, Volume 1, Chapter 28. Many of the principles used in today's class are based on the teachings and principles for teaching of Rav Moshe Eisman in his magnificent commentary in the Art Scroll Divrei Hayamim and in many recorded classes, for which I am deeply grateful. All errors and misunderstandings are my own. Chapters 28 and 29 comprise a single, dramatic, momentous occasion. David has completed his preparations, and he gathers the nation together. On this day, he will publicly hand over the Malchus, the kingdom, to his son Shlomo. This means handing over the duty to build the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, the duty to follow God's will, as expressed in the Torah, blessing the nation, affirming the people's support of Shlomo and of the construction of the temple, and a second, more public coronation of Shlomo as king. The excitement in these chapters is palpable. Chapter 28, verse 1. Vayakel David es kol sari Yisrael, and David assembled all the leaders of Israel, sari hashvatim v'sari hamachlekos hamasharsim es hamelech, the leaders of the tribes and the leaders of the divisions that serve the king, v'sari ha'alafim v'sari ha'meos v'sari chol rechoshu mikne l'melech u'lovanav the officers of the thousands and the officers of the hundreds, and the officers in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and to his sons, im hasarisim v'hagiborim u'lechol gibor chayol, with the court officials, the mighty champions, and every man of outstanding capability, el Yerushalayim, they all gathered to Jerusalem. Verses 2 through 6, v'yakam David hamelech al raglov, and King David rose to his feet, v'yomer, and he said, Listen to me, my brothers, my people. I had in my heart to build a resting place for the Aron Bris Hashem, the Ark of Hashem's Covenant, as a footstool, in other words, a place to facilitate contact between the spirituality on high and the physical world below, and I have prepared to build. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, for you are a man of war and have shed blood." Hashem, God of Israel, chose me from my father's family to be king over Israel eternally, for he chose Yehuda to be the prince, and in the house of Yehuda, my father's family, and of my father's sons, it was me that he desired to crown over all Israel. And of all my sons, and God has given me many sons, he chose my son Shlomo to sit on the throne of God's kingdom over Israel. Vayomerli, and God said to me, Shlomo bin Chahuyivnevesi Vechatzerosai, Shlomo, your son, shall build my house and my courtyards, for I have chosen him to be a son to me, and I shall be to him a father. This passage begins, and David the king got up on his feet. Our sages ask, why say this? Of course people get up onto their feet, where else? The Midrash Agada on Bereshis explains, we have already learned that David was zaken, old. For the last 13 years of his life, he was so unwell that he was confined to his bed, not even getting up when Shlomo was first crowned. The Midrash Divrei Hayamim says here, he was healed and he stood up on his feet and he passed on the Megillas Binyan Habayis, the scroll of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. So David getting up onto his feet is in fact worthy of note, as Radak also points out. The Vilna Gaon calls our attention to the words of the verse, Vayakam al-Raglav, and he arose on his feet, instead of Vayaamod al-Raglav, and he stood on his feet. The Vilna Gaon explains that 
Kum doesn't mean to get up onto one's feet. It describes a change of position or attitude or relationship. The pairing of Vayakam with Awaglov is actually pretty irregular, and therefore it must be presumed to be pointing us toward an idea that is not immediately obvious. Thus, the Midrash Shir Hashirim reads the phrase as, Vayakam David HaMelech, and David the king erected it, Al-Raglov, on its footing or on its base. In other words, David, unable to build the temple itself, built the foundations for it. The Chida in Chomasanach emphasizes the significance of the Shir Hashirim Rabbah. The Gemara in Sota says that the non-Jewish nations were never able to destroy the foundations of the Beis HaMikdash because it was David who built them, and whatever he built lasts forever. Perhaps this is why in the Psalm Al-Naharoz Bavel, the nations say, Aru, Aru, Ad Hayesodba, destroy it, destroy it, until its foundation, but not including. Verses 8, 9, and 10. And now, says David to Shlomo, in the presence of all Israel, the community of God, and in the presence of God himself, observe and seek out all the commandments of Hashem your God, that you might possess the good land and bequeath it to your children after you forever. And you, Shlomo, my son, da es elokei avicha, know the God of your father, Ve'avdehu believe shalim uvenefesh chafetza, and serve him with a whole heart and a willing soul. Kichalavavos darish Hashem, for God seeks and examines all hearts. Ve'chol yetsar machshavos mevin, and He understands the forming of all thoughts. Im tidrishenu yimatzeloch, if you seek Him out, He will make Himself available to be found by you. Ve'im ta'azvenu yaznichachalad, but if you forsake Him. He shall ever spurn you. The Midrash Haggadah continues. For those 13 years, David was suffering, because following the death of Uriah and David's marriage to Bathsheba, his enemies were saying, when will he die already? David suffered from those remarks and others like them, until he thought, when I die, Shlomo will build the holy temple. So at least there's a silver lining, as we might say, they want me to die, so the Beis HaMikdash will be built sooner. And David pleaded for mercy from God, and he said, Master of the universe, please get me back onto my feet. Bishvil Beis HaMikdash Shemasar Shmuel Hanavi, for the sake of the holy temple which the prophet Shmuel handed down to me. Please send me the strength to stand up from this bed, so that I may fill in the Megillas Binyan Beis HaMikdash, the scroll of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, and immediately, God heard David's prayers, and he stood up from his bed, as the verse says, and David got up onto his feet. Why is that so notable? He was healed. He was made healthy again. He stood up after all those years and passed along the Megillah of the Beis HaMikdash, as the verses will go on here to tell us. Hakol bichtav miyad Hashem. It is all in writing from the hand of God. And David gave to Shlomo his son, the blueprints, the plan for the building, and the layout of all was Beruach Imo, with divine spirit, motivation, and inspiration. We spoke in chapter 17 about the Jewish understanding that all life energy is directly from God, starting with the Ruach, the divine spirit, that God blew into Adam at his creation. The Kovei Hashem Yachlifu Koach, says Yeshaya, those who direct their hope to God may have their strength swapped in suddenly, like a fresh set of batteries. 
the existential exhaustion, the sense that one is depleted of a finite amount of physical energy and that there's no more left, that's a physical and more limited view. The Kove Hashem Yachlifu Koach, those who hope to God, shall switch in strength. According to the Midrash, then, this sudden energy from God came into play here, and after 13 years in bed, David got on his feet to fulfill God's will and mission. Did you notice the term that the Midrash used? To pass on the Megillas Binyan Beis HaMikdash, the scroll of the building of the Holy Temple? What is that? We want to know, right? The Talmud Yerushalmi in Megillah also makes reference to this Megillah, as does the Midrash in Shmuel chapter 15, which traces the Mesorah, the passing down of this Megillah through history. Rabbi Yirmiya taught in the name of Rabbi Shmuel, son of Rav Yitzchak. The Megillah of the Beis HaMikdash, which God gave to Moshe, he gave to Moshe standing up, as the verse in Devarim chapter 5 says, immediately following the Ten Commandments, Vata po amod imadi, and you come and stand with me. So this Megillah has its source at Mount Sinai. And Moshe stood when passing it on to Yehoshua, standing, as the verse in Devarim chapter 31 says, Call Yehoshua and stand. And Yehoshua stood and passed it on to the elders standing. And the Zikanim, the elders, stood to pass it along to the prophets standing. And the prophets stood to pass it on to David. And David stood to pass it on to his son Shlomo standing, as our verse states. Verses 11 through 18. Vayitain David l'Shlomo beno, and David gave to his son Shlomo, as Tavnis ha'ulam, the plan for the ulam, the entry hall, and its chambers and storage spaces, its attics and its interior rooms, and the room of the art cover, and the plan of everything which came to him with divine inspiration, for all the courtyards of the house of Hashem, and all the chambers round about, which were for the treasuries of the house of God, and the treasuries of all that was consecrated. And he gave Shlomo the plans for the divisions of the Kohanim, and of the Levium, and all the utensils for the service of the house of Hashem. Some bullet points here for gold by weight of gold, for all the utensils, and for the golden menorah and the golden lamps, and for the silver candelabra by weight for each and its lamps, and the weight of gold for the tables of arranging, as well as silver for the silver tables, and the forks, bowls, stands, pure gold, and for the Mizrak bowls by the weight for each, and for the silver bowls, and refined gold by weight, for the Mizbeach HaKataras, the altar of incense, and for the Kruvim made of gold spread out to cover the Aron of Hashem. HaKol Bichtav Miyad Hashem, it is all in writing from God's hand, handed down from teacher to student, all I he skill. It was elucidated to me with divine inspiration, kol melachos hatavnis, all the work of the plan. This word, ruach, most literally means an invisible force that makes a visible impact on the physical. When verse 12 says, v'tavnis kol imo, and the plan of everything which was with him with ruach, inspiration, the Rambam in Morinevuchim explains, this Ruach HaKodesh, this holy inspiration, this was what brought David to the success that he merited to achieve. He had divine assistance that moved him and inspired him to do great things, to influence multitudes of people for the good, to build the temple. David's activities were accompanied by this kind of power or force, which allowed him to overcome the lion and the bear, the plishti giant, and all other such feats with the Ruach Hashem, divine force acting on him, through him, with him. 
and this plan or design of all that was with him, Beruach, with spirit or inspiration. The Malbim says this verse indicates that everything about the structure of the Mikdash, the sanctuary, represents great and awesome things. The Beis HaMikdash is a microcosm, a scale universe that shares a template with both the greater physical cosmos and the smaller human world. All are constructed according to the same pattern. Each is designed with the potential to be a Merkava, a vehicle for carrying the light of God's presence and glory. In fact, says the Malbim in Rimzei HaMishkon, these structures are all born of the same template. The universe in its entirety, animated and elevated by godliness. The human being, a mini-universe, animated and elevated by its godly soul. And the holy temple, the Mikdash, animated and elevated by the Avoda, the divine service of the Jewish people. You will recall that we learned in chapter 23 of the perfect harmony of divine service, whether expressed in the service of the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, or as inner divine service in prayer. In chapter 24, we learned about Yaakov's dream, that he himself is the latter, and, as Rav Nebensal teaches, that as Yaakov moves in the lower world, the higher forces of the universe, the Malachim, move up and down correspondingly. We also learned from the Malbim in chapter 27 that each person is like a star, an entire world, part of a constellation, an orchestral arrangement of stars, of people, and that, as in Yosef's dream, the heavenly bodies bow to, are responsive to, the righteous tzaddik. Malbim quotes verses from Tanakh and teachings of the Talmudic sages to show that this resonance at all levels of creation is a fundamental aspect of the universe. Quote, when a human being acts with purity and holiness within his smaller world and allows the godliness within him to be expressed through his actions, then the light of godliness that shines through those actions illuminates all levels of the universe. What is resonance? Let's take a brief science lesson here. Think of a musician who plays a strong and pure note. The sound waves move out and beyond the original instrument, and the music can be heard, received at a distance. But not only can the sound be received at a distance, it can be absorbed. Resonance is a physical property. It occurs when an object or system absorbs sound waves that match its own inherent vibration frequency, which is determined by the material properties and form of the object. You can hear acoustic resonance in action with musical instruments, for example, if you hit a tuning fork and other metal or glass objects nearby buzz along. Or when you play a violin, the oscillation, the back-and-forth movement of the strings, is absorbed and amplified by the wood in the body of the instrument, which resonates with the frequency of the strings and also begins to move and emit sound. When the outside sound matches that natural frequency, the receiving item will absorb the movement and vibrate in accordance with it. That vibration, the back-and-forth oscillation, keeps growing as more and more outside vibration keeps on being absorbed. So the second resonating instrument, like the body of a violin, can emit a stronger and louder tone as it gains exposure to the initiating sound and amplifies it. Now back to our regular Malbim programming. When a person acts with purity and holiness within his smaller world, then the light of godliness that shines from those actions resonates and illuminates all levels of the universe. Like a musician playing a beautiful song on the violin and exciting the music of the stars above and all the forces of this great universe to play in harmony and accompaniment, amplifying the song of godliness and bringing blessing wherever it reaches. And that's on the individual level. The Mikdash, the Sanctuary of Holiness, 
is also designed according to the template of the universe and the human individual. It resonates to the frequency of our avoda, our service of God, on a national level, allowing all the harmonies of every person's dedication to be absorbed, combined, and amplified. And this is why, continues the Malbim, the designs of the Mishkan and the Mikdash are so detailed and so specific. It's why they are God-given to Moshe at Sinai, passed along the same chain of Misorah, handed down along with Torah itself. It's why nothing may be changed or altered. It's why the blueprints of the structure must correspond directly to the physical, spiritual structure of the person, the nation, and the universe. And so we find that there are instruments within instruments within instruments, singing praise of God, resonating and amplifying one another's song. The prayers and the mitzvos of a human heart attuned to God's presence in her life, the songs of the Levium, acts of service in the Beis HaMikdash, the choirs of the Malachim, the spiritual agents of divine will, the music of the stars and spheres, and the dance of the constellations. It's a divine orchestra much vaster and much deeper than our minds can grasp. And in this symphony, we are the smallest of the small. We're at the bottom of the ladder. But there's a note of purity within each of us, a divine spark and soul, and the universe's song that sings of God's greatness resonates to the music of our lives. It swells from the notes of our hearts and of our choices. So now we can have some concept of Malbim's words here in Divrei Hayamim. David himself was an image of the higher spiritual temple, Asher Haya Beruach Imo. It was with divine inspiration inside of him. Re'e Ato, see now, David says to Shlomo, Hashem has chosen you to build Abayis Lamikdash, a home for that which sanctifies. It begins Bicha, in you. The first step is to build a Mikdash, a sanctuary in your heart. It is only after God's presence becomes tangibly present in your inner world, the mikdash of your heart, that you will be ready to build a physical building of a mikdash on a larger scale. Verse 7. Stay strong in fulfilling God's commandments, his mitzvos, as the Torah teaches, for they are the blueprint for your life, for your behavior. Verse 9. And you, Shlomo, my son, da es no God as I, your father, does. Va'avdehu b'lev shalem. Serve him with a whole heart and with a willing soul, for God seeks all hearts, understands all thoughts, and if you seek him, he will be found. And thus David stood up on his feet and gave Shlomo the plans for the mikdash, its rooms, its attics, its storehouses and chambers and all, together with all the nation and their leaders. David spoke from the personal knowledge of experience, says Malbim, David's own spirit was a template of the Mikdash, all its courtyards and chambers. It is based on these themes that Henry Bieberfeld writes in David, King of Israel. The unifying theme, the central theme, is the unique and intimate harmony of idea and physical reality achieved in the person of King David. In this unequaled harmonization of life and idea, of concrete reality and spiritual perfection, David appears as the prototype. David is first introduced to us as a singer of songs. He enters the stage of history, as it were, carrying the lyre, drawing from it songs of magic power. These melodies are forever lost to the world. We can only guess at their beauty, and we may assume that they expressed in the language of music 
all that his psalms say in the language of words. The inner history of the life of David, his true biography, was called Tehillim, literally reflections, for it is all reflections, resonances of the divine in the clear mirror of his soul. Tradition tells how a harp that hung above David's bed began to play when the soft breeze of the pre-dawn stirred its strings. Thus nature, the profusion of phenomena filling the world, made the chords of David's soul sing. One unending melody reverberates from it. God. This universal theme resounds from all directions of the cosmos. Here in Psalms, David's life story becomes world history, the story of mankind throughout the ages, and through it resounds the dominant theme, the ever-recurring finale of the hope of redemption. David's vision of the ultimate harmony across all spheres thus becomes Mashiach, hope of all mankind. Thank you for learning together with me, Le'ilui Nishmas Rose Foreman, Rachel Rachel Bas Arieleib, and Rachel Zeitlin.